Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit. The back end of 2023 saw quite a resurgence in online gaming for me. I don't exactly know why. I, I, I would attribute it a little bit to the fact that my children are getting older, found myself a little bit of a loose end at Christmas, and decided to hop into some one-off type stuff. I've got an ongoing Warhammer fantasy RPG with the Dungeon Muser. Uh, he was offering to run some Soulbound. This wasn't something I'd played before. I, I thought, I don't really know why. I kind of thought it may have had something to do with uh, Warhammer 40k. I, I don't really know where I got that idea from. It is in fact Age of Sigma stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed this session. We we're in this, I forget what it is, it's like a uh, a necro world kind of, um, uh, oh, how, how would I describe it? It's, it's like a realm of the dead. Uh, and yeah, it's a, <laughs> it, it just totally, it's, it's very hard to explain. However, I'm playing this captain of the guard type of character. And it, it's, I was imagining it was going to be a lot more like Warhammer Fantasy in, in the, the nature of the rules, perhaps the percentile, quite a few crunchy bits. But it's a very streamlined system. Um, yeah, I came to the game with no preconceived ideas and I often think that is a great way to approach something. It leaves room for you to be surprised and impressed. Obviously, it could go badly, but you, you haven't hyped it up and it's worked out really well. We've, we've played two sessions so far. I've got another session coming up. Graham, who's called in to this episode, was playing with that game. And, and through that game, got, I don't know if that's where I got chatting to him. It was maybe on the Dungeon Musings Discord. But he'd mentioned a couple of times that he's a big fan of Dragonbane and he's been working on a really interesting project where he combines Dragonbane with Trudvang. The opportunity to play in that game came along and I snapped it up. It was sometime in January we played. We've had a little bit of scheduling difficulty to get another session played. But oh, what a great fun. What a great fun, Graham. Ran it like a master, very atmospheric. I found his kind of like NPCs and, and the, the characters that he was portraying. He, he had a really kind of, uh, kind of, it was like acting, you know, really great portrayal. Oscar winning performance from old Graham. I, I loved it. Really engaging um, characters that, that he, he brought to the game with his own personality as well that the players I was gaming with great fun too uh, and the setting I love the tr the Trudvang setting and he had a modified Dragon Bane I'm not familiar enough with the game to know exactly what he'd done but it, it was seamless and it's so well suited to the the Trudvang setting that I, I don't really know too much about but it's got that Norse feel and Norse mythology, um, beautiful looking game, and 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a little bit frustrating. We couldn't sort out the schedules, but it will happen. Hopefully, get back to that in March. Birthday celebrations make it really difficult for me in January and February. It seems like everybody I know has a birthday at this time of the year and, and loads of family commitments. But come March, hopefully we'll see our way clear to getting another session in, maybe perhaps uh, more than that. In some ways, it reminded me a little bit of the the feeling I got play, uh, playing RuneQuest. Not the, the game system, but the uh, Glorantha kind of vibe. I, I mean, I could be a bit off there, but that kind of Dark Ages, mythical, uh, yeah, feeling, atmosphere, really great. I, I won't go into it too much at this stage perhaps when i've got a little bit more to say i'll go into some details but if you get a chance to play some dragon bane it's uh it's just it's just really fun there's there's a some interesting things going on with combat that mean you, you you've got to think carefully you've only got one action and it presents you with a, a difficult decision to make around timing whether you you want to defend whether you want to play with the initiative and let the initiative go to your uh, enemy in the hope that they take a swing at you and miss leaving themselves open for you to kind of repost counter strike uh, and they're not going to be able to defend themselves uh, whereas they swing at you you can decide to defend or, or not and if you don't yeah you know they've had their go and then they're leaving themselves open haven't done a great job of explaining that but hopefully you get the gist if you are at all interested in dragon bane another free league game have a look quite it's, it, I, well to my mind it seems like it's getting quite a lot of love um you, you know maybe the new hotness but it's, it's not really the new hotness it's a it's a release of a Swedish game that's been around for years. It's, it's not much younger, I, I think, than, than D&D, really. Um, yeah, check it out. Also, um, from Free League, I've got myself signed up for a game of Walking Dead and been having a look at the core rules. It's another Year Zero engine-driven game, but as Free League do, they kind of got this this set of rules that they, they keep reinventing and, and different iterations of the same rule system, twisting it. And I, I love the clever way, where, I love the way some designers can keep a concept and twist it and, and, and turn the dials to make the system do different things. A little bit like take a game like Ticket to Ride, how they can take what is essentially quite a simple board game and, and, and then spin it in different ways to create different feelings and evoke different, um, just capture what they want to capture with, with clever design. It's quite minimal and I love that stuff. You're not fully reinventing the wheel every time, so if you're someone that enjoys that system, you know what you're getting, but you're also getting some new stuff as well. So it lowers the bar to entry, and lets you 
enjoy and, and take advantage of, of what you know, that kind of familiarity, but yeah, freshening things up a little bit. So that's great, that's great stuff. And really looking forward to that. It's got that survival theme that kind of crops up in quite a lot of free league games, but with a different spin on it. And that's happening in mid-February. And once again, this is thanks to the Dungeon Muser. It's one of his charity sessions. I believe it's my brother's game. He's kind of like sponsored it, if you like. So, yeah, excited to play that. And looks like my old buddy, Carl Rod Rodriguez, is going to be joining us. Well, I mentioned Graham and the fact that he'd called into this episode. It's coming up next, but I've got to put my hands up. No one, I'm sure, who listens regularly will be surprised to learn that Spike Pit dropped the ball. Uh, he le uh, Graham left a message on Spotify and it's kind of the last place I expected to find a message. Uh, nobody leaves messages for me there. I get most of them as direct messages on Discord nowadays. Anyway, he's left a lovely message, should have gone in the last episode, but I'm putting it in here. And it relates to the topic of getting somewhat reluctant players to the table. Take it away, Graham. And big thanks for the message. Sorry for the delay in getting it out there. Hey, Spike Pit, it's Graham here. Uh, first age from Gaming from the First Age podcast. Listen to your December 2023 episode. I think it's great that you're looking to get your uh, son into this OSR game because it's the game that you want. Um, I would say my take, and you did ask, is I just let him pick. Fooey to your OSR credentials. Let him pick. And I think, yeah, a stat range. Give him a stat range. 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. No highs, no lows. You're trying to keep in control. It's a bit like life, really, isn't it? But, you know, he gets to pick. You can pick his pick his class, and off he goes. If he wants to pick, let him pick. Um, the key thing is to play the game. I hope that works out. Cheers now. Hey, Colin, this is Rob, also known as Menion, of Confessions of a Wee Timorous, Wee Timorous Bushy. And I, I represent the OSR community, and I am indeed... Breaking down your door. Can you hear me? Can you hear me right now? That's your door being broken down by me and the OSR community. Of course, I just, um, good advice. I'm only just listening to the first uh, two calls. So I'm two calls in so far, right? Uh, good advice. Uh, you can't really force anybody to play a game and I want to play and that's a tricky one. I'm in the same boat as you. I actually want to get away from the D20 and D&D games or I, I was trying to, but whatever game you go to, you're going to find problems for somebody, you know, it's not always for somebody and that's fine. Right. We're told, um, I think, um, uh, Daniel of bandits keep recently said, you know, you don't have to actually make people happy. Sometimes a game is what it is. And if somebody doesn't like it, that there's other games for them. You know, it's not like they're being excluded from the gaming community as a whole. Just some games are, are, are not for some people. But of course, um, you can play around with this stuff. You can give star arrays. You can do all these different things. And as long as the table as a whole is happy, and clearly it's not always easy to make everybody happy, as as um, Jason points out. Um, if, but if people are, then 
you just do whatever you want to do, right? And um, hopefully, uh, people sometimes will will just play a game which they weren't really into and they didn't think they'd enjoy, and they, and they do. Or they'll they'll approach it from a different angle, that angle of having the crap stare, right? <laughs> and and actually somehow realizing, you know, after a number of sessions that there's something in that manner of play that is different and new and fresh. Um, likewise, other people will find it incredibly frustrating um, and there's, there's no one answer, is there? But uh, good luck with that and I will now continue listening to your wonderful podcast and it is really nice to hear you. Uh, sorry, I've been away a little bit, but it is a great community and I appreciate uh, you and everybody else uh, making the time um, continually like this. So hopefully hear from you soon uh, or you'll hear from me soon. So I'm getting back to the episode. Maybe I'll call in. Cheers. One of the joys of being a podcaster, and it's talked about often, is this concept of the calling. It's like having an old gaming buddy drop around your house for a cup of tea and a chat, warming themselves by the, well, radiator, I guess, because <laughs> fires are somewhat a thing of the past, sadly, sadly. However, it's a great pleasure to have a call from Robin. I haven't heard from him in a while, and I do like the way he reflects deeply on this stuff, and He's, he's got that wicked sense of humour there as well, which I appreciate. And yeah, it's it's a great thing to keep an open mind. And it's something I, I, I try and do in life. And, and sadly, sometimes my youngest does frustrate me a little bit. It, it, at times he seems like the oldest 15-year-old on the planet. Um, and, and could be quite entrenched in his views. And then other times, he'll really surprise me. Turns out that the OSR game that I was planning is not to be for now, but that hasn't stopped me dreaming and scheming. And I'll get onto that a little bit more now. Uh, thanks for the call, Rob. As I say, it always a pleasure and your your wise words and your reflections are always much appreciated and most welcome. In my Monkey Island game, a lot of my prep was done on a laptop. I was using Google Slides predominantly to organise my ideas, bring in tables and segments of rules, sections of basic fantasy and ICRPG and various adventures connected or related to those games, homebrew stuff, stuff from other contributors. And I, I pulled it all together, put some maps in there and we're using hyperlinks to, to navigate around. And I found it worked pretty well. I, I wanted to do it to raise my game in terms of using Google Slides for, for work and just for myself, a little bit of productivity, perhaps improvements in productivity. But for my next game, I'm probably going to go back to either a, a mix of computer and DM kind of journal, or I'll go fully analog. And to do this, and in preparation for this, over the, the Christmas break, I was filling up, to a large extent filling up, 
a, a black and red A5 notebook. These are particularly well constructed. They're one of my favorites. And there is a certain enjoyment that I find in making these notes and putting together something like that. I, I get to get some pens out that I don't normally use. I, I get to really engage with the material. And what I was doing was drawing together a lot of tables from, from different books such as well, ICRPG, Maze Rats, Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, the Lazy DM stuff, um, excerpts from the Odd Pendium, tables from the Odd Pendium that was released for Into the Odd, lots of random tables. You can imagine from all over the place putting them all together and experimenting with how I present the tables. I kind of moved away from a, a typical layout that I'd used and just did a kind of a, a continuous script punctuated with larger kind of numbers emboldened um, and it meant I could get quite a lot on a page and it looks quite dense and busy but it's actually pretty easy to read I've made an index at the front so uh, you know I can find the tables and I, I, don't, I don't exactly know why I did it. I mean I've spent, I've spent hours on it there's I think upwards of 80 sides of handwritten text but there was something quite uh, meditative about it mindful little little bit like one of them mindfulness colored in books lonely fun that kind of kind of a sort of therapy if you like from the the hustle and bustle and the constant stream of media that we get bombarded with he says as he records yet another podcast uh, it just gives me time to, to reflect and just kind of really soak up the character of the tables and I feel like I, I've missed a lot of this content I, I had it I've seen it but it, it's just kind of passed me by in some way this writing of tables by hand on paper is very intentional and I don't know, very simple, and I just enjoy it. Something else, if if you don't do this, something else you might want to try for a little bit of relaxation, a little bit of therapy for that lonely fun. You can still feel like you're doing your hobby, and you end up with a quite a nice artifact at the end of it all. A one-off, a bespoke book of tables. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been reading a really interesting book called Around the World in 80 Games. It's written by a mathematician and it's reignited my interest in traditional games. I've been trying to slim down my board game and kind of card game collection, RPGs as well for that matter. And it occurred to me that I I've been neglecting some of these really flexible traditional games, simple things like uh, all manner of card games that are played with a standard playing card deck, dice games using regular dice, board games that are based on an 8x8 chessboard, for example, or 
a grid similar to that with very minimal components. There's so many abstract strategy games that you can play based on just a grid with some counters and some simple rules that take years to master. Also, I've got things like dominoes and backgammon, games that have been around for centuries in some cases. And I've been really enjoying it. Dominoes in particular, kind of almost written it off as a kid's game, but I'm realizing that there's so many different rules variants. There's a rich history. It's played widely in certain areas of the world. And I don't know, I feel like perhaps I've got caught up in the new hotness and the hype that comes with um, a sort of an industry that's been, well, picked up quite a lot of momentum over the last perhaps, I, I want to say maybe 10 years or, or more, the whole Euro gaming thing. I've, I've been to conventions and it's still relatively niche, but in terms of if you compare it to, say, video games and like that, but in popular culture, I feel that board games and, and gaming has, has grown in people's awareness. It's no longer just sort of Cluedo and Monopoly. Much more people have an understanding of, of board games, and you, you see board games, cafes cropping up, you, you see board games occurring in popular media, television and film. But all this sort of resurgence of interest seems to have um, eclipsed the old traditional games a little bit. Um, I could be wrong. This is just, of course, my personal perception. But reading this book around the world in 80 games, it, it mentions a lot of more modern games, but it also talks about the traditional ones. And I urge you to give one a go. We, we are gamers. We are bound to have these old games kicking around somewhere in the house, a little bit neglected, a little bit forgotten, shoved to the back of a cupboard, perhaps, because the new hotness rolled into town. Well, I urge you, bring out your old traditional games. Maybe you can entice some folks who not normally engaging with games. Perhaps you can entice them. It could be nostalgic for some grandparents or older relatives. It could be less intimidating for, I don't know, people who don't do a lot of gaming. Big board games that we commonly see now, got a lot of bling. I, I've, I've shied away from games myself just because the, the table presence, the footprint of the game is, is just kind of intimidating. These simple games, they've got that familiarity, really light rules, and surprisingly, I think we often forget that there is quite a lot of strategic value and depth to these games if you give them another chance. I cannot imagine that anybody listening to this podcast needs me to mention the fact that January 2024 saw the 50th anniversary of the creation of Dungeons and Dragons or the initial publication of the three little brown books.
fans from across the world marked the occasion with various different tributes. One of them not being me. <laughs> Typically, I'm a little bit late to the party, but I am also 50 this year. In fact, I am 50 this February in a couple of weeks' time, at time of recording. And I thought, you know what, I would like to mark the occasion. And as, as a result of this, I've been through my archive and I've got 10 episodes of an actual play, our home game playing Curse of Strahd. We recorded it, I think the original release was back in January 2022, and we are still playing that game. Having great fun with Curse of Strahd. I've got to say, I don't think it's something that I would have run myself, but DM Ricky has stepped in there and an admirable job he is doing too. So, as I say, by way of a, a, a bit of a nod to Dungeons and & Dragons and a reminder, in my own 50th year, my the Big 5-0, I wanted to spare a bit of time and reflect on playing with family and friends. I've got my young son, my brother and DM Ricky gathered around the table in our home game and I've been listening back to the episodes to see what sort of shape they're in and I think they're fine. This may cause a little bit of confusion in my feed. I appreciate that. I'm just going to number them episodes 1 to 10, Curse of Strahd. They will be released on a fairly... Uh, over a very short space of time. I'm probably going to release them one a day for 10 days. Maybe it'll go a little bit longer than that because I will probably forget. I'll get distracted and perhaps they'll be released over the course of a couple of weeks. I urge you, if you haven't listened, to, to, to tune in, catch a few bits. Some of it I found quite amusing listening back. It was uh, quite heartwarming and brought back real fond memories as I say but I'm waffling now that's what that's all about it's it's a great game Dungeons and Dragons without it things in terms of RPGs would probably the landscape would look very different I imagine I, it, I've, it's fallen out of favour a little bit with me like I say I'm still playing but I'm also getting a lot of other newer games in as well as older games but I'll no doubt just go full circle with this again I've established many times that things for me seem to work in these big circles and I keep coming round and round again I'm resigned to the fact now and I don't really see a problem with it hello Colin it's just safer here I just want to drop your line and say thanks for putting the Strahd episodes out mate I'm really enjoying them uh, I could get all anal and explain and break down what it is I, exactly I like about them, but I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to kill the magic about it. Um, if it's working, don't mess with it. But um, I just want to say, perhaps, you know, a lot of live play podcasts now, they make me feel like an audience member listening to a performance, whereas your podcast makes me feel like I'm just sitting at the table with the other players listening in. Uh, it's got that authenticity and intimacy about it. It's just I'm just listening to the banter. 
So I really like it. I really prefer it. I don't really listen to many other podcasts uh, these days, but I'm re- I really enjoyed the Strahd. So thanks for that, mate. All the best. Take care. Nowadays, it takes me a few weeks to get an episode together. By the time I've thought about it, well, gathered my thoughts, got together call-ins, considered my responses, kicked things about a little bit. Before you know it, a month has gone. And here I am, the back end of February, and uh, I've put out my stride episodes. I weren't sure whether to do it. And I've got a message back from my old buddy, Safer of Safer Fantasy Crafting. And receiving positive feedback like that makes it kind of difficult for me not to want to dig out some more recordings and see if I can do something a little bit more with some of the other sessions that I've recorded over time. Recording sessions I find really useful to help me with my GMing. It serves a nice record that I can look back on. And if nothing else, it reminds me of all that fun that I've had at the table with friends and and family, enjoying a hobby that we all get a, a great reward from, I think it's fair to say. And yeah, I, I feel a little bit enthusiastic, especially knowing that some folks out there listening are, are in, enjoying these actual plays, and they really are, as Safer said. It's just like being a player at the table, because all I'm doing is letting a, uh, uh, a digital recorder run. You hear the banter, you, you hear what we're up to, the rules discussions. It's not really cleaned up. Yeah, it's just a genuine session, and perhaps for people that haven't done a lot of role-playing, contrasting the session that you, you might hear on Spike Pit with the likes of the professional voice actors that make up something like Critical Role, maybe it's a little bit more, well, a little bit less intimidating when you hear regular f- folk running and playing in games. You, you get an idea of, of the real hobby, as it were. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Big thanks goes out to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.